For the players and coaches who have returned to the fields this summer to participate in club lacrosse, it must have felt awkward at first. The normal process of easing into summer after a long and arduous spring campaign has given way to players being shot out of a cannon into the heat with a variety of game-ready fitness levels and skills honed only in their own backyard. The sting of losing the 2020 spring season won't go away anytime soon, but at least we have kids back out there, simply working to get better for whatever their next step might be. I'm Woody Thompson, and this is Lax's Life. The 2020 season would have been Graham Nemi's fourth as the Fairfield Prep head lacrosse coach. Before arriving at Prep, he was a college assistant at the JUCO, D3, and D1 levels for 20 years, with 13 of those spent at Yale University, where he helped build the Eli into a national contender. Coach Nemi was also a big-time player. He was a four-year letter winner at the University of Maryland and in 1996 was named the William P. Cole Award winner as the Terps' best midfielder. In addition to his head coaching duties, Graham also serves as the assistant to the athletic director at Fairfield Prep and he's deeply involved in the Connecticut Wolves club lacrosse program. And Graham Nemi is our guest today on Lax's Life. Graham, welcome to the podcast. Uh, great to be here and a uh, long time in that chat. It's going to be fun to catch up. Yeah, always. Hey, listen, you're knee deep into the summer club season right now for the Connecticut Wolves. Um, you know, yeah. how has that been this year? Obviously radically different, but give us a sense of what's, what's happening during this summer season. That's been different from the past bunch of years. Uh, well, uh, the first thing is we started a little bit later, you know, typically you think up the start of your, uh, at least in Connecticut, the start of your, summer season, um, you know, either with the end, you know, the, the day, day after or two days after the state um, finals on the high school side. And then typically you sync it up with the, you know, the end of the Connie season, you know, when they have the Jamboree tournament, you know, all that stuff that ha- goes on over at Yale. Um, and this year, obviously with the, with the COVID and the shutdowns and, and, and the distancing and how, how many people you could have on a field at one time um, that pushed us back all the way until the, I believe it was the first month, the last Monday in June. Um, we did like helmet and gloves and uh, just skills training. And, you know, so it was different. You know, we, we typically get the kids off their high school or youth seasons where they're, where you feel like they're starting to peak. If you know what I'm saying, they've sure. been playing a lot. They've had competitive games. Um, they've been on a, on a practice field you know, on the high school side, hopefully five days a week. And on the youth side, at least two and for some town, three and four. Um, and so, you know, that was a big difference, um, you know, getting started a little bit later not having kids come off their season and then spending the first week where we just didn't allow any contact or any actual physical type play, um, trying to keep, you know, kids a little bit away from each other. And then the Monday or Tuesday after 4th of July is when we started actually practicing and um, going live and uh, doing what we normally would do during the season. We're we're practicing a little bit more than we normally had. We're going three days a week, sometimes four. Um, We've shifted to away from the tournaments, obviously. Um, And we've had a whole bunch of play days with different clubs in the area, which, Believe it or not, Woody has been great. Um, we've been really uh, – John Matthews, who owns the club, has done a great job of, of scheduling um, all the teams probably within, you know, an hour, hour and a half a year, including, you know, two-way and um, uh, the Predators, uh, all the all the team uh, – three New England teams, um, right. Team Connecticut, uh, Express North, Prime Time, um, which, listen, you know this. If you draw a, 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 a 90-mile circle from from Fairfield, you get, you get a lot of good club programs. 
Um, and we're going to, we did some stuff with a couple of the Long Island teams last week. We're going to New Jersey at the end of this week to do something with Patriot. Um, I think it's been great. The parents have liked it. Uh, no hotels, day trips. Yeah. Um, I think the kids like it. I think the kids really like it, you know, because you're playing two games or three games in a day and you go home and sleep in your own bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's so, no question. Uh, there's fun. no question that the experience of the travel and the hotels and that stuff was always cool for the kids, but they really just yep. want to play games, right? I mean, that's what they want to do, especially after yeah, a springtime of yeah. not playing anything. No doubt. And it's so funny. I mean, I don't know if I ever told you this, but years ago, I mean, I'm telling you, that's been more than 10 years ago, maybe 12, 13 years ago, I tried to start a league with the teams from, oh God, New Haven to New Haven to Greenwich, Greenwich to uh, Albany, and Albany across to like Boston. I kind of I tried to get them to run a league together instead of going to all the events on the weekends. You know, play double headers and play real play longer games and and meet at different places and have like a have a have a league. Um, and everyone was so against it because uh, you know they wanted to go to the big tournament and that's what they thought the college coaches were and then you know all these other things. And now it's like I'm really hopeful that we can maybe push forward with some of it. You know what I mean? Well, um, maybe have a have a part summer summer high school league, you know, summer club league, and then part tournament schedule. I think know? that's great. You know, you and I have talked earlier about the need for kids just to get better uh, for their uh-huh. for their high school program and not be so caught yeah. up in the recruiting scene. And I think that that kind of league, and especially if you have the opportunity to play with your guys, if you have the opportunity yeah. to, to, you know, as, as great as it is to meet new people. And I mean, like I'm, you know, the, the traditional club format is great, but additional opportunities yeah. to play with your, with your friends. That's why these guys are out there. I mean, they may love the game, but you know, and I know that there's so many lacrosse players who loved the game because it was part of who they were growing up and it's part of their culture. And once the guys that they played with growing up are no longer there. That's why a lot of people leave the game. Yeah, no, it, and it's part of the, it's part of the, I hate to don't say it's the wrong way. It's part of the social, you know, fabric of these kids. You know, they want to be with their guys. Like you said, they want to be with their guys playing lacrosse. And, yeah. and, um, and the, the more they do that, um, the, the, the stronger the bonds are. And, um, you know, like even through the club scene with me, like I'm still close with so many kids and, and I have some kids coaching for me now that played for me. Um, you know, and it, it's really, you know, part of how you meet people and make connections and um, helps people in business and helps people in athletics and helps people across all, you know, kinds of, uh, you know, different ways. And, and I've seen, I'll be honest, man, it's it been amazing to see that, you know, the kids weren't social all spring. You know, it's a piece that you forget, like, and you know, this, you, you develop academically, you develop athletically, but you also develop socially. Um, and I think it, at first it was like the guys are excited to see each other, but kind of forgot how to hang out together. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you see, sure. over two or three weeks, they remember what to do. Um, but it, I think that's a big part of um, of their development is just, is just being together as as young men. You know. How rusty uh, was the skill level when you finally got them back on the field? I mean, did the were these guys out back on a, you know on a wall? Were these guys uh, you know playing man ball against themselves? <laughs> or was everybody I think coming it, at I it? I think the oldest. You know, it's funny. I think the oldest kids. Uh, and I'll speak to my our 21 team. We have a really good group of kids because they're so close to the one. They're trying to be high school studs, right? Or they already are. And two, they're already committed to or close to or in the middle of the recruiting process. Um, so their mindset's a little, little different. You know, I think that they have a um, they they know they have to work at it. Um, they know it's part of what you have to do to be to be great for your high school team and be a college recruit. So I think that group of kids, um, the first day we were at practice, I think we weren't worried at all. They looked great. I think some of the younger kids, you certainly could see, even if they were outside on the bounce back, even if they were outside doing those things, they really miss not having a season. 
You know, they really make, sure. you're talking about making a lot of mistakes on the field. Um, definitely not in game shape. You know what I mean? Um, guys not being able to get up and down and do the same things they were doing um, in terms of their motor um, on the field. But uh, I think they're, they're in a pretty good spot now. I feel like I, feel like I coach a 25 team um, and I help with the high school. I think that we're in a good spot. Kids are playing good. Um, and I, I, it just took a couple of weeks. But I said, like I said, the oldest kids, no problem. I think in the middle, it was a little bit harder. So, so listen, you've been watching this these age groups of kids play for a while now. Um, certainly, after spending as much time as you did with the the Bulldog Club program, and and now as the head coach of prep, and with your own club with with John Matthews, how has the talent progressed, and how do you rate the Connecticut high school talent compared to where it was, say, 10, 12, 14 years ago? Well, there's certainly more good players. I think there's uh, there's a lot more good players than there was. I mean, certainly, you know, some of the same teams are still dominating the high school landscape, but I think that um, you still you have more. Like for instance, our 21 team, we got we got three or four kids from Trumbull that are really good. Um, we have three or four kids from Fairfield Ward that are really good. Um, you know, and then there's a smattering of kids from and those teams aren't traditional. You know playing in the state final type teams, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but you got kids in that, in that crew that I look at, I'm like, man, these kids are really good players. Um, and so I think there's more good players across the state. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I think there's a lot of developing towns. Like I'll use my town as one. I live in Milford, you know, Ryan Atkins is really trying to get the foreign team, um, you know, up to another level. And it, it takes a long time. I know you've been involved in youth. You know this, like it takes kids, Playing for you and you playing for you in high school, going to college and playing, going to get a job, moving back to their hometown, and then they start coaching their kids. You know, before you really start to see the development of it. I mean, look at Marty Morgan, New Fairfield. He's a perfect example of that. I mean, he's sure. done an incredible job building the youth program up, and he has his ups and downs. He'll tell you that. Um, but he he knows he's got to build it from the ground up. Kids playing youth, kids staying with him through high school, kids going to college to play, kids coming back to New Fairfield and, and living in town and, and being part of what, making lacrosse being part of what the town does. Yeah, you know I mean? we, we've talked um, about that at length, about the, the value of building that culture through, uh, you know, the past history, um, paying benefits into the present. And it's, it's one of the tough things, you know. I mean, it's going to be difficult yep. in, in a Milford. It's going to be difficult, um, certainly in kind of some of the northern towns where, you know, the guys who graduate from college that go to a major metropolitan area aren't going to come back to Southbury right. or New Milford yep. or, or even, you know, my town here in Newtown. But, you know, as I tr- transition and, and think about, uh, you know, the fact that there was no spring season, obviously uh, you probably feel like you had an amazing crop of kids uh, ready to go this spring for the Jesuits. So yeah. talk a little bit about that team in general and what you yep. expected from them, as well as uh, give us a couple of highlights about some of the guys that are that are graduated and, and moving on. Yeah, um, well, you know, it's, it, I think the most interesting thing for us going into the season was I felt like we had a group of seniors that had a lot to prove. Um, they, you know, I've been very fortunate. My first year at prep, we had a, you know, listen, we had a lot of really good players that I inherited. You know, you can, I can name them. You know, they're all college studs now. Mitch Savoca, Chris Brown, Ethan Grandolfo, Chase Stolman. I mean, holy cow, Mason Reale was a two-time All-American um, for us. Um, I can go on and on here. Um, and, like, those, those guys are all gone. You know, and all of a sudden I had a group of kids that kind of no one knew a whole lot about, you know, and, and um, I think that they knew they had something to prove. Um, I felt like our off season was pretty good um, in terms of our lifting and our training and our lacrosse and what we did indoors. 
Um, and I think the kids had this mindset, like, you know, nobody thinks we're going to be any good now because those guys are gone. Um, and now, you know, we're, we're going to get a chance to show everybody who we are. Um, and certainly, you know, the top of the heap of those kids would be Max McGillicuddy, um, who was, we think is the first three time, uh, three, sorry, three sport captain in the history of our school. Um, Max is a football captain, starting wide receiver. Max is the basketball captain, starting point guard. Uh, and Max is our lacrosse captain, and he faces off and would have played a you know, two-way midfield for us. He's going to Loyola College next year. Um, and just an incredible a- athlete. I mean, incredible. Um, can get up and down the field, can face off, can take wings, can play defense. I mean, it really brings a lot to the table. Um, Patrick McAlevey is another really good player for us and starts for us since he was a sophomore. Um, he, um, he's, he's committed, verbally committed to Providence. He's going to go to uh, Westminster uh, school next year before he goes there. Um, great all around player finisher. Um, you know, he's like, I used to joke last year when all the people asked me about my team, like he was the, the perfect sixth guy in our offense. You know, he didn't need the ball very long. He knew how to throw it to the right guy. He knew how to get open off ball. He knew how to play in transition. Um, he knew how to play extra man. And this has been a year for him to showcase, um, what he could do. Um, so we're really excited about seeing him play. Um, so th- th- those two kids are probably the two that you look at and say, you know, those guys have done a lot the last, you know, two years. Um, Jack Etsy would be the next one. You know, Jack uh, was on a first midfield line as a junior all year, had a great season last year. Um, he's verbally committed. He's going to Gettysburg in the fall. Um, he's a terrific ice hockey player um, that started for them for two seasons. Um, and I, I thought he was going to be a first-team All-State guy this year as a senior, just with his size and athleticism. And he's two-handed in the midfield, can play defense. Um so those three kids were probably our three best guys in that class. Uh, we had a good group of senior defensemen, um, multi-sport athletes, Joe Bednar from the football team, um, uh, Seamus Carolyn, who plays hockey and lacrosse, um, Liam, Car- Liam Hawley, who was started for us all last year. Um, we had a really veteran, savvy group of kids on defense that we're really excited about. So, um, you know, those kids not getting that chance, you know, breaks my heart, man. I, that's probably the hardest thing about not having a season is, you know, looking at those kids and saying, you know, they just never get that chance to prove what they could have done, you know? And, um, you know, luckily three of them are going on to play in college. Um, and I could probably mention one other kid, the kids, you know, this kid, Sean Seiler, um, who probably was the most improved kid in our program over the course of the last year, um, was actually a JV kid in the beginning of the junior year and then got a little better during the season, had a great summer last summer, um, played with Wolves, um, got better. And I, I called him after it got canceled and just said, listen, man, like you, you were going to score 80 points this year. Like you hadn't scored a point yet. Um, and you were going to be the senior that had that, like, who is this kid type year. Um, and some of those experiences, experiences for the guys, I think, that hurt the most, man. Not, not, them not getting that chance to go out there and, and, uh, and show everybody what they, uh, what they were going to do. You know, we've, we've talked about it a lot in the other uh, interviews I've done here on the podcast. And everybody obviously has the, the same sentiment that you do. But I, I can't help but think that down the road with perspective – there's almost like a strengthening thing that's going to happen because of this for these guys where they're going to recognize the moment is to be cherished and not taken for yep. granted. And it's, it sucks. There's no question about it. I'm not trying to minimize that, but <laughs> I, I have attributed the line to my son on a number of occasions where when we talked about whether it was high school or college or whatever, he said, it's like everybody tore their ACL all at once. And, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. And, and he speaks from from experience that it's heartbreaking to love something so much and have it taken away from you. 
But in the, yeah. you know, it, it, the result of that is that you appreciate it that much more. So I'm not saying that's going to replace yeah. the hurt and the disappointment, but who knows? Uh, you know, uh, in the in the realm of learning and life lessons, uh, perhaps this is one yeah. that will pay dividends at some point. Yeah, want- you know, it's funny. You know, I, I just you know, it's like every Zoom call we had, like you know, with this, whether it was the seniors or the fret, whatever kind of group conversation we would have with, you know, we had a lot of different ones, you know, during the course of the spring. Like the number one number one thing the kids were saying was, "All I want to do is be back at school." <laughs> yeah. Which I don't have amazing, kids, right? but I know most kids. They like going to school. They don't. They don't always love it. I think. Um, exactly and I right. think that's a great thing. Like you're kind of saying, that's going to be a great lesson for these guys. I think their first day back in the classroom, they're going to be so appreciative of being um, there, learning with their friends and with their, you know, with their colleagues and classmates. It's going to be. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day for them when we're back. So, looking to the future, but also reflecting upon the past a little bit. Um, you know, as you were toiling away there in New Haven, building, you know, one of the best programs uh, in the country, uh, what was happening uh, in, in Fairfield at prep was pretty amazing. So you look at it, uh, eight straight years going to the Class L final, winning six times. Uh, you know, this is, you know, really since they scrapped the D1, D2 model in 2006, but prep hasn't been back to that championship game since 2013. And, you know, a lot of times it has to do with seeding. You guys play a really hard schedule. So if you're 12 and five or whatever, and somebody else is, you know, 17 and one, um, they're the one seed and you're like the nine and you're going to have to play somebody right. before that champion. So, so we get all that, but I'm wondering, you know, is it possible and obviously the answer here is, yeah, it's possible because Darianne has dominated. But what do you think about yeah. the level of competition? And can somebody really on an annual basis dominate like that again? Uh, I mean, I like I, I'm, I think that we can. Uh, you know, I certainly think um, it, it's going to take a whole bunch of different things to, ha- to happen. I think we got to, you know, it's, you know, obviously we can't recruit. Right. You can look at the landscape to say this. Right. You know, at Darianne, for instance, they have, you know, they're going to graduate. 30 some players off their A and A and B teams every year. And, and 95% of those kids are going to Darien high school. You know what I mean? So it's certainly there's a numbers game that, that the big town teams do a really good job with the Ridgefield, the new Canaan's, um, you know, obviously Darien's done it that way. They've got great numbers. They've got great talent. Um, at my place, you know, I don't get, well, I'm trying to hope, hopefully get everybody off the A team in town. Now, obviously they go to different schools, right? They're going to, some kids are going to boarding school. Some kids are going to war. Some kids are going to Ludlow. Some kids are going to GFA. Um, so I think the, the big thing at a place like Fairfield is if, if a prep is if I can get most of the kids off the A team in town in eighth grade to come to Fairfield prep, that's good for my numbers. Um, and if, if a lot of kids off the B team come to prep, that's a great thing too. That helps my numbers. Um, and then it's a matter of what other kids decide that they want to come and have, you know, the kind of experience that we can provide for a kid. Um, so I do think so. Uh, I think one of the things that it's really helped us at prep, especially recently is our football and hockey programs are so strong um, that, I think I'm going to get a lot of kids that come to Fairfield Prep to play football and lacrosse and to play hockey and lacrosse because um, maybe uh, their town their town football or ice hockey team is not as strong as ours. Um, maybe their boarding school option for those two programs isn't what they want. Um, and I and I think a place like Fairfield Prep can offer that. Um, we can have a we have a great lacrosse program. You can play hockey. You can play football. You get a multi sport experience. You're not away at boarding school. Um, so I think so. I, mean, I like to think we, we're, we're doing better with it. I know our, our 23 class, I'm really encouraged by. Um, we've got 18 kids in my 2023 class that play club lacrosse, which is amazing. 
Um, so that's a good direction for us to be in. Um, that means more kids um, are playing lacrosse and lacrosse is important to them. So that's going to help us. Um, so, but you got to build on that. Like, you can't just do it with one class. You know what I mean? You need three sure. or four classes in a row um, of that kind of depth. And I'll, I'll tell you, like last year, you know, we had a really good team last year. You know, Mason Reality tears his ACL in the, in the quarterfinals against, against Newtown. Um, and we weren't deep. You know, like we had a really good team on the top side. Um, but when he got hurt, we're looking around and we're going, we, we didn't have enough options. Um, where like when we go to play Wilton next week, he played a pretty good game, got beat by one. Um, we just weren't as deep as we needed to be um, to win a game like that. Um, and so I think uh, with this young class that happens 23s with a lot of kids that are playing, I think it gives us a really good opportunity to have a really deep team, you know, um, you know, come a few, few years from now. But you got to stack those up, Woody. You know, you know what I mean? No, you I really get it. Stack up and I think three or four classes like that to do it. And I think you know, what has happened, it. you know, I mean, beyond just Darien being Darien, I, I think what has happened is with with these other schools like Staples. I mean, look, you mentioned that there's three kids from Trumbull who are, you know, amazing. And, and if they're not yep. at St. Joe's or they're not at preps uh, at prep, that's kind of a new thing, you know. And, and yep. um, you know, I wonder, I remember the, the adage when you were looking at colleges was make sure when you go to college that you're not just going there to play lacrosse, that you would stay at the school if you had a career ending injury. And, yep. you know, I, I got to tread lightly around this one because you may not know this but those who do know that i've you know prep and i have a very interesting relationship over the years having watched a number of kids from newtown exit uh the newtown high school system and and great players like um you know like mitch savoka and others um is it you know the jesuit education is is an amazing thing and i'm i'm hoping that kids are coming to prep for more than hockey and lacrosse and that they're coming yeah. because they recognize that there is a well-rounded experience to be had there. And I think that's over the years, that's one of the things that has kind of placated me on this topic, because I, I do recognize the value of that Jesuit education. Yep. Yeah. Listen, man, I think that one of the things that prep does, one of the many things prep does really well is, is the service side and the mission side of what we do for the kids um, and what they do in their communities. It's one of the best things we do. Um, and, uh, and that's a different experience. You know I mean? When you go to places like Fairfield Prep, there's, you're in a, you're in a shirt and tie and there's, there's no girls and there's no cell phones in class and there's a lot of different things. Right. Um, but I think the one of the, beyond the sports and beyond that is like our, our, what the kids do in service in their community and for others is, um, it's, it's second to none. You can't get that anywhere around here, you know, right. And it's great for them, you know, to see them in the community and to see them going on mission trips. Um, and to see them traveling, like, listen, every summer, there's a couple of club kids. This summer is a different one, obviously. The prep kids will come to you and say, I'm gone next week. And they're like, where are you going? And I said, like, I'm going to be in Appalachia for a week building houses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's a, listen, man, that's a, a giving back to, to your community like that is, um, is an important thing for these kids to learn about and go through. Um, so we have a lot of that. Um, and as I think kids that choose prep look at all that, and, and, and that's what they, they want a full, well-rounded education, athletic um, you know, experience. Uh, and I think, like I said, the mission part of what we do is really strong, really, really strong. 
Well, I know that, you know, even in their greatest success, the, the years of their greatest success, uh, you know, there's lots of prep haters out there for any number of reasons. <laughs> I think that, I think, look, yeah. I think that you, knowing you and, and having been around you and watching you work over the years, having you attached to that program makes a lot of people feel a lot better about it. So um, congratulations. <laughs> Thank we're, you, Woody. We're, we're glad you're Thank there. You. I, I, I'm going to end up here on a note of, really has been a curiosity for me since uh, I watched uh, the Yale team celebrate their national championship in 2019. And I'm just wondering what was going through your mind, your heart, while that was happening. (laughs) Uh, Great moment of satisfaction, or or was it bittersweet, or a combination of both? Uh, Listen, I... I when I left, it was just time for me to move on. Like, you know, I was, I'll touch on this real quick. I don't, I don't talk about it a lot. People ask me all the time. Um, you know, my, it, my time was up. I spent 20 years as a college coach. It was great. Um, you know, it, it's, I needed to do something else, you know, and, and uh, whether it was uh, continue coaching college somewhere else, which I turned down a few opportunities on that side, um, go to the real world, quote unquote, which I probably wasn't prepared for, um, or do something like I'm doing now. Um, and, uh, you know, you, Listen, those guys have done an incredible job coaching. There's no, there's no doubt about that. They've had an incredible level of support. Um, I think I recruited just about every single kid that was on that team. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like for those guys. You know, you can't – you know, when you're, when you're a college coach, you're, in the back of your mind, all you want to do is play in the national championship game. There's a lot, of, a lot that it takes to get there. You know, I mean, you, you need a lot of things to go your way. You've got to stay healthy. you got to – there's so many things. Um, and, and to know what the, the coaching staff and the kids went through to get that far – um, and then to win it is, is incredible. I was like for them. Um, I believe it or not, I didn't, I didn't watch that much of the game. I hate to say this because um, we had practiced that day because we had a we had a state tournament game on Wednesday, and uh, and I had to schedule practice. I only had a small window to practice because of my staff and because of the field availability. So we were actually on the field during the game, um, and my phone's ran, you know it's buzzing like crazy because everyone's at the game and they're sending me updates. And I'm trying not to look at it. I'm trying to coach the kids. Um, and the kids want to know what's going on because they know I was connected to it. Um, and uh, it was cool. I'm, I'm just so – I'm watching the highlights when I got home. I watched a bunch of it that day. So great, man. I mean, for guys like, um, you know, Ben Reeves, and, and who's an incredible player, you know, Jackson Morrill, who I recruited the heck out of and never got the coach. Um, some of those guys, I'm just so proud of those kids, man. It's a great, really great thing. Yeah, really it's been thing. it's been great to watch them, uh, you know, and I think there was a I think that year, right? It was basically three Connecticut schools all all were champions, so that was that was fun yeah. to watch as well. Yeah. Hey, Graham, yeah. I, I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Um, we're Thanks big that. fans of your work. I, I know you've uh, impacted a lot of kids who have gone on both in and out of lacrosse, and that's what it's all about. And we we thank you for that. Thanks, Woody. Pray to catch up, man. All right, we'll talk soon. You know, the loss of the 2020 spring season for high school sports in general was a disappointment across the board. But when it comes to sports, we tend to look at things in terms of what has been accomplished recently and the perspective of what's come before and even what lies ahead is often dulled by the passage of time or blurred by just a general sense of the unknown. In the capable hands of Graham Neamey, That perspective is fully realized, as he's seen hundreds of talented players come and go through the lacrosse programs he's worked with. And 
Work is the important word here because Graham works with all of them, regardless of their affiliation, to help kids appreciate what they've done previously and at the same time believe in what they still have yet to accomplish. I'm Woody Thompson. Thanks very much for joining us today on Lax's Life, and we'll see you further on down the road.